1: Bengals get a much-needed victory over the Pittsburgh Squillers coming up on the Orange New Black Podcast. Hello, world. What
0: separated your deep ball from everybody else? My deep ball has a little secret sauce to it, man. <laughs> I never get too high, I never get too low, but just keep moving.
1: The, the whole story is Carlos never beat me
0: in any kind of sports in in, in high school.
1: Yes, sir. Welcome to the Orange is New Black Podcast. I'm your host, Ace Boogie, joined by my co-host, Zim. Zim, say what's up.
0: Hello, world. How y'all feeling this evening? We are back. We're better than ever. And the weight of the world is lifted off of a a whole fan base's shoulders, um, along with my voice. So bear with me tonight, people.
1: It's going to be like that this season, though. Get used to (laughs) Zim's voice being going a lot this season. I I can't stop. It's gonna be like that
0: <laughs> my mom my mom texted me during the game we we're in the live stream and uh she was like man you uh, make sure you drink some tea and stuff like that because I know you're yelling them but here I am
1: nah that's what moms are for they're supposed to look out and give us that support and that advice and we're gonna be drinking a lot of tea this season that's all I'm gonna say <laughs> it's gonna be a lot of tea going out this season but obviously 24 to 10. Let's talk about it. Let, let's talk about 24 to 10. The Bengals get a much needed win in Hines. From for my opinion, for the most part, they dominated the game. Was everything perfect? No. Obviously, there were some miscues here and there. Uh, but when you look at the overall game, in my, in my opinion, I think that it's a huge statement into the changing of the guard of the division in terms of the Bengals finally getting over that hump that was the Steelers. And I think that they showed signs of a completely different team today, whether it was, you know, getting up on them and being aggressive, whether it was not being scared of them at all, playing more disciplined, not really participating in any of, you know, the physicalness or the arguing, not letting them bait them into any of that stuff, and just really going out and handling business. I think that this Bengals team, you know, a lot of people were sleeping on them. Now they're at 2 on one I don't think that you can use that, that excuse for the same old bingles. And, you know, it is early, but I think this team is just different, bro. I think a lot of people look at some of the issues that they've had in the past, some of the ways that they folded to the Steelers, some of the issues that they had, and, and people try to pinpoint all kind of certain things. I'm just pinpointing W's, bro, and it's just like that for me, honestly. Like, I I can talk about a lot of things, but that's just my overall takeaway from this game. Zim, let me get your overall takeaway, and then we can dive into more of the details about this game.
0: Yeah, I mean, you're saying everything that, you know, I feel is – I will say this from this standpoint. I said before the season started, I feel like this is our year to have fun. You know, I felt like last year was the Browns' year to have fun. If they're gonna win it all and go crazy, they gotta go win it this this uh, this year right now. For us, this is like our fun year. Figure it, like getting our confidence, knowing that we could win these games. I didn't coming into the game in the back of my mind. I always said it was a victory. They were calling me Zimster today, and it and and I'm gonna run with it. I never thought for a second when I woke up, I never felt no type of anything. And I don't know if that's just a product of all the hard work this offseason or just like me just being more confident in myself. I don't know. You know, like I'm just feeling way better about the team this year, despite some of the, the, the different things that we could talk about, like later on uh, with coaching or anything that you could come up. But I'm like you. I watch a lot of football games. I watched the Ravens win a crazy game today earlier, right? I just had to go watch the replay when it, when it, when it's all said and done, nobody cares how you won the game. They just look at W's and losses. So a lot of the fans, I think they'll probably say the rebuttal for that is that, um, well, we have to pay attention to that so that we don't make mistakes moving forward, which I agree with, but this thing gets muddy, man. Like, you, lose, you can lose a game like we did last week on, like, some BS. Like, had we tackled fields at that spot, I still wake up and I still, I'm still i still thinking about, like, though, if we would have just gotten the ball back, we'd be 3-0. and 0. And wow. that's, that's the margin of winning and losing in this league. And, and people got to understand, like, it's not going to look pretty. And the good teams, like the Chiefs, the Ravens today, they win tight, tight matchups every single week. So this idea that you're going to come in there and steamroll professional football players, I just don't know where people even get that from. Like you know, like even when we went up, I told my mom. I told my mom. I talked to her afterwards. I said, "Hey, we could have put maybe thirty something, forty points on them, possibly." Right. And she was like, "Why didn't you?" I was like, "Well, you st- you take your foot off the pedal a little bit. You got to give them whatever." And as a result, it gave Stillers some time to come back. Um, kick the field goal to make it look a little bit prettier. Um, and, and then she was like, did Ben have a big day? I was like, not really. But I was like, if you look at the stat sheet, it's going to look good because we just let them dink and dunk, dink and dunk at the end of the end. So I'm like, so you have to watch these football games to understand, like, how this game is going to go. We dominated this game just like we dominated week one, week two. I felt like for the most part the defense did everything that they had to do. I thought today they weren't as clean as they were. Remember we went no penalties at home. I think that right. was a, part, a product of uh, them not being, you know, home, but Trey Hopkins had two big holding calls. That one before the half, I, w- I thought I was going to regret them not getting that three points. And then he had the other yeah. holding, then he had the other holding later in the game when it was a big um I gotta go back and look. It was like
1: a big run or something like that. Yeah, right? it
0: was a big mix and run. That I mean, then we're talking about probably thirty something to ten. But that's how games go, right? And that, and that's why I think people need to understand is like you gotta watch some of these games if you think that teams are just getting steamrolled out of here. Like even even whoever y'all think is the best team, I'm watching the Bucks. I just was at the bar watching the Bucks and um and the Rams. and the Rams. Mm-hmm. The Bucks are probably. Without a doubt, like the Warriors of the the National Football League, they don't look like the Warriors when you play in football because it's so different. Like there's so many bodies, like and so many people, and so many different things that can go wrong. Like they're not just out there just trouncing, you know, teams. Even though at the end of the game, Tom Brady is going to be Tom Brady, and the stats going to be the stats. And I just thought like they, I just felt really good about this game. I said two and one before the game even started. Like I, I said that all over Twitter. Right. Like I looked at the uh, Steelers playing um, uh, the Raiders last week, I said if, if we play anything like that,
1: any, like any that, that. anything remotely like that, like <laughs> what? I
0: don't care if TJ Watt, his brother came out there or whatever, you might have got right. some hits on us or whatever. But there was no way that there, you you hit you you hit it right on the on the hill. And I was saying this during my broadcast. It's not that they're a terrible team; they're mm-hmm. just good with. They're okay, and their fan base is probably going to have to get used to them being seven and nine, eight and right. eight. I, I mean, well, now eight and nine or whatever. Because they they have to lose. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know they have to lose to go – you have to lose to go get yourself a Joe Burrow. And, right. I just, and they're not a bad team. They're just the worst team in our division, and I think it's really clear. Like, they're clear-cut. I know that their uniform is black and yellow, but they're clear-cut <laughs> – the worst team in our
1: division and it's very very clear i don't care tj white is there in that game their offense is terrible right no i'm with you that's big fact shout out to my man roddy every lap he gives uh, a super chat and shows props to to jackson carmen i think like you said i felt the same way uh coming into this game you know a lot of people haven't watched like you said all of the games as you as you know we both watched the steelers games um the last two weeks, the last well, I guess it's three well, I guess it's three weeks now. But the last two weeks, right? People are saying, you know, the Steelers are sloppy and this and that. That's not anything new. <laughs> that's not like that's not something that's new or breaking news or has only showed up against the Bengals. They have been a, a pretty sloppy team from the get go. If you watch Week One, they were sloppy in that Bills game. The Bills just happened to be sloppy as well. If you watch them in Week Two, they were sloppy. Uh, the offense is all over the place. I wasn't surprised that Ben threw a pick. I wasn't surprised when I said that before this game, everyone was talking about the Bengals' offensive line being worried about the Steelers' pass rush. I was saying, no, the Steelers need to be worried about the Bengals' defensive line because their offensive line is not good. I sat on here and talked with Bengals fans and all kind of people, and before the season happened, when we did positional rankings on AFC North Talk, I said that the Steelers have a worse offensive line than the Cincinnati Bengals, their line is worse than ours. It's arguably, it's arguably
0: it's arguably bottom three in the league. The, it's you, one of the worst. Well, lines on, in all of I, football, I don't like know what their P- I don't know what their PFF grade is, but on paper, just assembling those guys mm-hmm. and putting them together that fast, right? On paper, that's the worst line in the league.
1: Like right. to me, I, I think can, it's between them and the Jets. Honestly, like on paper, right. the Jets look better, but, and, the, and the Bears, no, yeah. If you're going straight off a of paper, it's definitely the Steelers. It's and and, and, and possibly the Bears. And possibly Impossible yeah. the
0: Bears. And, and I'm not yeah. saying that because they got a nine sacks today. You right. could also, because you don't know what the Dolphins are going to be, but the right. Dolphins, like for everybody that's saying that, y- y'all going to get Joe Burrow killed, mm-hmm. go look at how Tua got hurt. Like, it never looked like that. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, people got to watch some other games, bro. Like, that is super key. I think that changes our perspective a little bit. It's like we're watching other games. If you see how Tua got hurt with the broken ribs, like, their fan base should be like, what the hell? Like, Joe was never like that. Like, when Mahomes was in the Super Bowl, I was telling my man, they was like, man, their line is terrible. but They're making jokes about ours. I was like, go show me a clip. A Joe Burrow running around like that and just throwing the football like, like, nah, he was cool and poised. He got his ass kicked in the Eagles game and the Steelers game last year. And I mean, we just rectified that.
1: <laughs> right. Nah I'm with you. I, I think that we talked about it and I just hated to see it last week because the offensive line, I felt like, got critiqued unfairly. Uh, you talk about week one, only two sacks given up by by Trey Hopkins. You talk about week two, you could probably say Jonah is responsible for one. Riley Reese responsible for two. Maybe maybe you even throw Suofilo in there, right? But even with that being said, that's still five sacks given up by the offensive line. There were other sacks that were given up from free rushers that we touched on. I'm not going to continue to talk about it. But in this game, I was glad that I don't even know if somebody even sneezed on Joe Burrow in this game. One pressure the entire game from the Steelers' defensive One line. Pressure, and no people can talk about no TJ Watt and, and no this and that, no High Smith. They still had Melvin uh, Ingram, who is a very good edge rusher, still had some sacks last week. Uh, they also had uh, Cam Hayward, who was having an elite season up until he ran into Quentin Spain. And ended up on lock today we, we we can talk about that too because evan civil wants to talk about journeyman linemen that looked pretty damn good for a journeyman today with him locking quentin spain up uh but let's just talk about the growth of this offensive line i feel like we're the only ones that try to give them credit uh, shout out to my man jackson carmen today came in for xavier suafilo I never doubted him because I never doubt anything that Willie Anderson tells me. I'm not, I'm never going to second guess whatever Willie says. And all I expected from Jackson and Carmen is, is to just come in and not do anything that made him noticeable. Now, early on, he did have a penalty. I believe there was a stunt that they tried to use on him, But the one thing that I would say about Jackson Carmen that I loved in this game is I would see several times and Zim, you probably saw this too. They would come up to the line and, while they were making their assignments, I would look and see Jackson Carmen turn around, talk to Joe Burrow and say, yep. I got this person to that person, right. right? I got this person. And when it came, he was in place and on point and definitely showed that acumen to, I think, I mean, honestly, to go into this game and do what he did, I think you just keep him in there. What's the point of bringing Xavier Suafilo or whatever in there? I think oh, oh no, that's over. It's, it's over. over. <laughs> we got, we got, and
0: what, this is this what was the, the plan. What, did I, what did I harp on? What did, you know? Like I'm with you too, because right. I'm a, I'm a, I believe in Jackson Carmen too. But it's right. based off of when we got to draft day. Remember that morning?
1: Right.
0: I right. said, man, when, when we when we knew that the Bengals like Jackson Carmen, right. and, and then you know, and then you know that Willie got a call, and you know whatever. Right. And from that moment on, I said, all right, then he cool, he gonna right. work, right? Right. But the plan always, and I always told James this. James repeating, I hope you're checking this out. Because he says that Chase has nothing to do with Carmen. Oh, he has
1: everything to do with
0: it. In a a lot of ways, he doesn't if he just goes out and he makes everybody forget about everything. But if Jackson Carmen ends up in a bus or whatever, there's always going to be pessimistic Bengals guy that says, oh, we should have drafted penis too well, right? so. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so, <laughs> i said that with a straight face that was so funny I mean, and um so it's always gonna be that guy saying it but i just feel like they kind of go hand in hand and it's just a clear testament of the change in the times like you can get you a legitimate ball player a guard at the top of the at the top of the draft and it doesn't have to be the first round right. I think we communicated that to the fan base that's not to say that if a stellar one is up there next year and he's sitting there right on the board, you know, go take him. But I just felt like this is like they kind of go hand in hand because right. it that was the point. Pl- I kept on telling you, and I, I think I beat it into a drum really, really bad to the mm-hmm. point where Xavier Sulafilo comes around. My boy Jay, shout out to my man Jay, TBR, um, uh, fitness and training. Uh, he trains Xavier Sulafilo. So I started seeing stuff. I'm like, man, it's not so bad, da-da-da. but in the back of my head, I'm like, man that's a high premium pick second round is not like some backup dude like right. you're drafting that to start eventually if it right. can't start right away and so that was one of the things so now that he's out there and he bowled no pressures 19 reps um no no quarterback hits no sacks allowed like
1: it's yeah, well, time it's, it's time, time. It's
0: time. Yeah. Like it, it's time. I mean, and, and that is what it is. And I, I kept on telling people early in the season, I think a lot of people, especially on Twitter, kept on telling me, like, Zim, why are you so pressed to have him play like whatever? Cause I'm like, look, I understand like y'all, y'all wanna be super positive. I'm I'm just as positive as anybody in the world. Mm-hmm. But I will be I will turn on, on on this part of it. You cannot drive that high and have a guy fail because it's mm-hmm. detriment to your football team. And that's the one thing that I did know. So I want it's very important that Jackson Carmen hit the ground running and is a dog because he could potentially could potentially be our starting right tackle in the future when Riley right. isn't there, too. So it's very important that he's that he's confident, too. And, it's, and, and I kept on saying this thing on Twitter saying, you guys need to put down the clipboard and get out here because it's true. Like, y'all saying this stuff on paper, like, nah, like, talent plays. And I don't care what y'all talking about, like, talent players. And and that's my whole point. Like, he's, no, t- he's too talented to just be sitting on a bench. And I look at teams like the Steelers or whatever, uh, even though we beat their ass today, I still respect what they've done from offensive line play in the National Football League. If they draft Jackson Carman second round, Trust and believe, he will start
1: like oh, they, yeah, they, they were they were Like, starting, one. like so, they were that, starting undrafted cats out here this season. They they were kind of but, wilding.
0: But you know that's the, but that's the formula for Bengals right. fans that don't understand this. Y'all think that the Bengals are cheap? The Steelers don't pay people, and how they pay people? They draft guys like Deontay Johnson, and they make sure that they hit guys like Early Kendrick Green's of the world, Dotsons. They make sure that they hit, and even if and if they don't hit, they'll get rid of them but they want them guys to play right away so that for the next four years, they don't have to pay them. And that really, really helps out their franchise a lot. That helps them a lot.
1: Yeah. you Like you said, that's why they walked away from Pouncy. That's why they walked away from the Castro, those contracts and stuff like that, because they drafted those young kids and threw them into the fire. I honestly feel like the – With Pittsburgh, when it comes to it, if you were tracking them last year, their their offensive line wasn't good last year either. I always felt like it was never the same after Mike Munchak ended up leaving. Um, They had the offensive line coach leave. They put in this new system. Uh, For me, I've been telling Steelers fans and like Bengals fans that Big Ben, the time is done. Old man Ben, we kind of had another funeral for him, I think, Um, Today, with him throwing those picks, I was not surprised by him. He got hit a lot. He took chances when he felt dangerous. And it's like, these aren't those same Bengals anymore, bro. Like, the deep shots aren't going to work. The, the, you know, running around in the pocket, you're not going to be able to run away from these defense alignment. It was a totally different Bengals team and Bengals defense. Got to give shouts out to Logan Wilson, who is looking like one of the top linebackers in the league right now. Let's just call it what it is after four interceptions in three games somebody tweeted that like that's just different that's not that's not normal right um so logan wilson big shout out to him big shout out to eli apple he's been getting a lot he's been catching a lot of hell within these first two weeks i thought that he played solid today let's just say that right um, No,
0: I, I, th- I thought he played good last he week good. last week he, he played pretty good but then he had the big penalty or whatever this week he had right. a penalty Man, he played good. He was he step for good. step. He yeah. played, he was step for step with Claypool before Claypool got hurt.
1: Right now, nah, I'm with you. I'm with you. I saw that. I saw them go to our, our boy Chris Evans early in the game. I like that. Yes, uh, sir. You know, on, I'm gonna Chase, tell you on, on, on the Chris interception,
0: Steph. on the interception, go watch the replay on that. Chris I'm Evans, I have to check it out. Chris Evans, uh, now that goes straight through Tyler Boyd. That's that's another thing. You know, our op's going to tell us about Joe Burrow threw another interception, sophomore slump. Like, they don't watch the game, but if you watch that yeah. game, goes through Tyler Boyhead, tipped up, interception, right? Right. Uzama's right. open on that. Now, I'm not here to critique, like, say whatever. Like, I'm not out right. there throwing a the football, but right. Chris Evans is wide open on that <laughs> on that
1: play. Go watch that play. I'm going to go back and watch that. Uh, but, you know, another thing I felt like that set the tone early we don't talk about him much, and it's crazy because we love this guy, but Tyler Boyd, that first touchdown, oh, yeah. he runs into to Melvin Ingram, bounces right off of him, goes in for his first touchdown um, at Field. You know, he's from the area. That was right. major. That he, said, he, said, he
0: said before the game, this is my house. This is my crib. That's, <laughs> that's what that's he said.
1: Crib. That's his crib, and he showed them whose house it is. Jamar Chase, I'm going to let you talk about Jamar Chase. We all know. We all know about Chase. This dude is on fire. Two reception. Right, or wait, hold on. Two touchdowns. I think it was four receptions, 65 yards. He's averaging 16.2 yards per target just in this game alone. Four touchdowns on the season. Talk to us about Chase.
0: Draft night. Draft night. I knew. I debuted, I debuted my Uno chain today, and I actually got so hyped. I like hit a piece and I think like and I got to put it back on, but I debuted the Uno chain. The draft night. God is my witness. I hit my jeweler. I said, hey, look, I need a Uno chain. As soon as it, the pick was in that night. Because I knew that it's gonna take like as much criticism. We might go this year, we might criticize coaching a lot. Like, or or the fans might criticize it. It's it's gonna be one of our one Achilles heels, that I think is going to rear its head at some point. Even how he started this game, I honestly felt like they could have put like way more pressure on, on, on the first drive. I was really, really like, I feel like that touchdown before the half kind of bailed him out a little bit. Right. But I, if we have dogs, if I, I've watched, like I, I said this during the, during the live because I invited a lot of Steelers people to come into my live today. A lot of black and yellow players they're not really as talented as what the media would like you to believe. But I'm going to tell you the one time when I was scared to death of them dudes, and it was the last time that we ever won there. I was there 2015. Uh, me and my wife was just talking about it. It's the last time the Bengals won in still AB and Le'Veon Bell and some of the guys that they had out there or whatever were super, super talented where I just watched them just get the ball in space. Some of the same pick plays that they try to do today, they're not able to do it when you don't have dogs. And I'm looking around the league and I'm like, these, these guys got these dudes. These got these dudes. Like, you know what I'm saying? But not that, not a shot at Billy Price or not, but like some of those picks are just fear picks. You know, like uh, Drew Sample, it's not his fault he was picked in the second round because I think he'll be a solid fo- football player You know, for somebody, like, by the time his four years is off, like, he'll still be in the league. He'd probably be solid. But a lot of those picks are fear picks where they don't want to go and take the chance that they took on a John Ross. That's why I've been so adamant about, like, John Ross is is a good pick in the sense of this is a person that can break through the the, what I call the simulation or whatever. It's, like, what they want everybody – they want us all. Like, even if you listen to the broadcast – They want us to just, you know, Jamar Chase scores a touchdown. The announcer is now going back over the highlights on how he thought that it was like a holding or something to play before. They don't even show. They don't even want to show you the Jamar Chase touchdown or whatever, right? But then Najee Harris runs for a seventeen-yard run, and the dude goes crazy. He loses it. Like he thinks, I I thought Najee Harris scored or something, right? Right. But it's, (laughs) it's it's based on. These teams, these national media outlets and stuff—they're banking on fear picks like Billy Price, uh, Drew Sample, and things like that. Where, or, or, and, and not to say that Panay Sewell would have been a fear pick, but it's a safe pick. Right. I knew that there had to be something out there that that we could do that we could do better than everybody else. And when I, I kid you not, T. Higgins will be fine. We're gonna have three wide receivers with a thousand yards, and it's based off of if you play fantasy football, these three every week should get eight targets. When I start off the game, like how the way you start out, that's not enough. That's what I'm saying about Zach. Like you drafted to give Jamar Chase eight targets, to give uh Tyler Boyd eight targets, and T Higgins eight targets every single game, and that's not normal. That doesn't mean that you have to throw a whole bunch of times, but that's how you draft it and Every time that Jamal Chase gets a ball thrown his way, I'm like, yes, he should. And 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 a lot of people uh, hit me and they text me be like they'd be like, bro, I know you hype. I'm getting to the point where I'm I'm like I'm all starting to look at these games and when he scores and I'd be like, yeah, I knew it. Like I knew yeah. it. Like he's that uh, good. But mm-hmm. I had to I had to let everybody else see it. I had to be really really hype beforehand mm-hmm. because I knew that everybody else would be like, man. I'm scared of, you know, this might be like another John Ross thing or whatever. So I had to be like super, super, super hyped before to get everybody's attention and like and show you highlights, highlights, highlights so y'all can understand the talent that is it. When he had the drops and stuff, it was like people started to waver from him. But I'm right. like, man, you must ain't see this dude. That to. And then they right. would be like, well, that was college. I'm like, dude, Right. Them dudes running the same speed now, like the like the gap on college and in and, and, and football in and that NFL started to close because guys only play one year if that this right. dude did this all this in his freshman and sophomore year. So I'm like, if you thought he was let then look how he's running away from people now. Right now, I never thought he was that fast. I swear to god, I, n- I never thought, like, if you watch him on tape, mm-hmm. he looks like he runs a four-three because right. now. He's just blowing past guys like at the line of scrimmage. Whereas I was just more so wanting to get him, get a uh, separation at the line of scrimmage, get be, get the possessions, occasionally go deep. But it's very, it's very like through three weeks of the season, mm-hmm. it's very clear teams better back the hell up because here, here we come. Because imagine if T. Higgins was out there. That would have been ugly. That would have been ugly. Yeah. Now, now, on yeah. the other flip side of things, say Deontay Johnson's out there today. it doesn't it it, it doesn't change that you still got an old quarterback that's not
1: mobile you know like i think deontay would have helped i honestly after watching him i think he he is the best best receiver for sure and i knew that they would be lost without him like on those plays where ben took those deep shots and it wasn't anybody running the right routes that's like a deontay johnson play but i i get what you're saying yeah
0: right i just i just think because Ben is so not mobile anymore, and, and mm-hmm. when the pocket starts to break down around him, mm-hmm. I just think, I just, I've, I've really, I mean, it's not our problem, but he yeah. really, he really, really holds them back, like, a lot. Like yeah. I know his I know his stat line like might look crazy because he's smart enough to dump it off Najee Harris, Najee Harris. Like Najee mm-hmm. Harris had what like 15 16 12, targets,
1: he had like 12 catches that. He was he had to and, be that in my fa- in my fantasy league like he's doing
0: <laughs> crazy. You know, off the of catches but
1: Yeah.
0: You know, those aren't those aren't real yards. You know, like he's not pushing the ball downfield. Look at how the Bengals are playing like we're not even scared of it, of the deep threat or whatever. Like the reason why Eli Apple's one on one with James Washington, they don't even think that Ben could even throw it that far. Like right. at this point in his career, I'm telling, I'm telling you, like it's a good thing for us.
1: It's but a great thing for us. That's why, but,
0: I, yeah, yeah, he's super, super hampering like everything that they want to do. I promise you. No, and, and, I'm, with,
1: I'm with you. That, <laughs> that was one of the things that I had said. I'm like, like for he, them to have all of those receivers to hold on to uh, older Ben Roethlisberger, you know. They can do that, but like you said and like we said, they are a good enough team where they'll be in a similar situation oh, yeah. to us with Andy Dalton where you're going to win too many games outside of the games that Andy got hurt to to really get that next quarterback. That's not our problem. I mean, right. honestly, that's not our problem. I don't want them to get that quarterback, but it just Man, is, it just I'm is telling what you. it is. But with, like with, said, with,
0: with those weapons that they got with Najee Harris, with Najee
1: Harris and, 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 and,
0: and Deontay and a healthy Juju, like those dudes are for real. So I'm not I'm just saying currently right now. Right. In the division, they're the worst team in the division, not because of the talent It's because of their coaching is finally off. Like they're yeah. the offensive, the offensive coordinator, like nice I, as the a, a, anybody watching my live today, I'm calling. I know Eric, like they're they're running eight. They're running probably about 10 different four formation variations off of eight plays. Like mm-hmm. I'm calling all their plays. And like, if I'm doing that at home, like anybody that's in here, like, tell them I'm calling all their plays the whole time. So they're really hampered on offense, and that and that's a big thing. And when you start talking about like, okay, where well our defense is going to carry us, and then when you get your defense and your best your best corner setting, is not really like? I feel like a woozy at this point. Is our, is a better you know what I'm saying? Like then we yeah. start looking at the matchups all across the field and, and with the them, talent. Even with them and
1: having Hayden, I felt like Chase was a, was too much for him. He's he's too young, way too, he's too he, fast. He's look. too strong. It's a different because a lot of people were like, oh, you know, Hayden was the AJ nah. was the a, and, and That's I keep old. saying this when I when I would always say don't compare AJ and Chase. It's because their build is they're two completely different receivers right. with different skill sets. Chase is more of like they've been talking about he has more of a running back build right that's not what you normally get in a receiver he's shifty he's got speed and stuff like that he's always throwing guys off of his shoulder it's a different kind of thing there so like some people were connecting the dots and saying Hayden used to you know lock up AJ so he's just gonna lock up Chase it's two completely different type of receivers
0: it's kind of like um uh, somebody tell me AJ AJ he went, went off
1: today. He did go off today. Yes. Five receptions, 112 yards. Yes, Sirski. You no, know, we never, gave up, in, on we never gave up on AJ. That's my boy. That's my boy.
0: That's my boy for life. He he at <laughs> some dope. point at some point he's going to have to come back to uh you know uh Paul Brown Stadium Fact. and they're going to have to show him the love that he deserves because man, I would I probably wouldn't even be sitting here in front of y'all right now if it were not for it AJ. It wasn't Gray. for him. It, it really, was, I really went Like, Ocho and all them, like, I, I feel you, like, yeah. yeah, but it's something about AJ's demeanor, um, just uh, him as a person that just yeah. made me, like, say, you know, like, because sometimes I couldn't, I can't be too loud and boisterous, right? But mm-hmm. AJ Green is, like, the person that would probably be, like, Zim, you need to, like, chill out, and, it, <laughs> and it's just so great to watch him because I just know, like, you know, like, sometimes he does that little shoulder shrug, and I'll be, like, you know, like it's the same thing, you know. And uh, that's a whole other subject. But today, I mean, I think um, who are you giving your game ball to?
1: Man, I that's a that's a great one. I'm, I as much as I want to give it to Logan Wilson, I'm giving it to to the trenches. How about that? We giving it to the trenches right, because right. I think the offensive line. I think there was a stat out there today uh, by our man Drew on Twitter. He said that this was. The first time, I think in 75 years, that the Steelers have not recorded a sack in the game. The Bengals broke that streak today. And then when you turn to the flip side, Cam Sample gets a sack. You know, BJ Hill gets another sack. Trey Hendrickson, who I always believed in, got another sack. Sam Hubbard got a sack. To me, it's going to the trenches because it's a collective effort, it's not about one guy in particular. Uh, but if you were to give it to one guy, it probably is Logan Wilson, two interceptions. Where's I, I, nah. Jamar Chase?
0: I about to say, is hey, look, my, if it's me,
1: mm-hmm.
0: man, he just, he he's the ultimate. It just hasn't, I, I think people still in that stage where they're still trying to understand like what's going on, right. but it took Justice Jefferson a little bit of time to wake people up too. Right. But I think after three weeks, I think he's put the whole league on notice, like, he demands a different type of coverage. And, okay. the, and the Steelers are lucky that T Higgins wasn't healthy enough to play today because that would have been ugly. That's what I that's what I mean by like, like when this when you made this shirt, you know, like this is this is real. Like I think yeah. people thought we was capping, just like, you know what I'm saying? Like trying yeah. to hype hype it. like, at, hype it like for sure, there's a lot of NFL teams that have a lot of wires, you know, some really good wide receivers. And that's why I laugh at the Browns and stuff like that. I'm like, y'all got some wide receivers, but do you got three guys that are 20-something years old on any of these rosters? The only teams that I, that can mess with it is the Steelers and the Cowboys. All these other teams, like the Titans, the Buccaneers, teams that people really, really value their, their core wide receivers, they got two guys. They never really had three. And t- today we got a fourth because even Auden Tate shows up. Even Mike Thomas shows up, right? But we're not even going to count them. Just our three in the prime of their careers. That could be a number one on any team. On any team. Tyler Boyd is the most underrated wide receiver in the National Football League. He would carry rosters. Like, he would carry a whole lot of teams. I just think because he plays in Cincinnati, we kind of look at it a little bit different. But if you go watch some of these other teams, like, who are the best slot wide receivers in the league? And Tyler Boyd always... Uh, competes with them numbers-wise statistically and is always there, and he's just a gamer, and I just think like it's so perfect that Higgins wasn't there and then he played and he did his thing, but Jamar Chase, I just think if he bails them out at the end of that half and puts the points on the board to make it so that the Steelers now are like now they're they're panicking.
1: And bro, like, I'm, I'm pretty sure you probably panic. saw this too. I saw it coming, because I saw the safety creep up and I said, "Hold on, Minka's on the whole other side." I'm like, "Throw it to Chase." I'm like, "The safety has crept up over the top, Edmonds or whatever." I saw him move up, and I was like, "Bro, they gotta throw this to Chase. This is the deep bomb. Right? This is the deep bomb that they're looking for here." Yeah. When you
0: Man, see that on, on on that one, I, I didn't in the sense of there were a couple favorable matchups. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like it's hard to line up against the Bengals. That's why I feel like. Even when we come out there, like on Thursday night, it's really important that Zach like scares the living daylights out of it. Off the fir- at the very beginning on the first drive, I want to see them score on the first drive. Right. I think if you see them score on the first drive, mm-hmm. it's going to change like a lot of stuff. But he continuously comes out there and tries to run, 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 run. Like we're mm-hmm. some power football team. We could run all day with Mixon. He was mm-hmm. running. A, he was running like a savage all day. Yeah. Five yards a clip. Oh my God, the holes were so beautiful. Like, let's talk about the run blocking. Like, yeah, the yeah. run
1: blocking was good. Like, today, the run bro.
0: blocking was the bestest look all year. And I know right. he had less yards today, but them holes right. was man, them holes was wide open. If that, bro. if that,
1: like you said earlier, that Trey Hopkins one isn't called back, he easily has a hundred yards. I actually thought going into this game that they should run the ball with them missing Tyson Aluealu, who went down last week. Uh, Stefan Tua wasn't there. And like a lot of people overlook that part of it, because if you look at week one and this how I knew that they would be susceptible to it, even in that Bills game, we all know the Bills don't run the ball. Right. The Bills were able to get some yards against the Steelers week one. And then they go into week two and Josh Jacobs is hurt. So the Raiders aren't even thinking about running the ball like Josh Jacobs was out. There's no point to do it. There was only I think there was less than one hundred rushing yards combined in that last game between the Steelers and the Raiders. And so I was looking at it like this is perfect for them to do both, right? Like also be able to go out there, throw the ball considerably on this defense, especially with T.J. Watt out, and establish the run. And the only only issue that I had was he tried to be more – there was a moment where I think he was listening to the fan base and was like, let's be aggressive. And I think that it was – me personally, I don't think it was the right time. It was like we were up, I think 24 to 10, and we got the ball back. And I'm like, run the ball with Mixon because you got it. It was like seven minutes. Oh, yeah. Then they threw that. And I was like, run the the ball with Mix. He threw the pass, it stops the clock. And then it sets you up for second and ten. So then you gotta throw another pass. That doesn't go well. And so you barely you really only got to take time off of the clock on third down. And I think he did the he did the the draw play, like the next play or something like that, or on third down or something like that. And I just felt like he probably should have came out and did. I love the unbalanced formation that he brought in with the heavy package. I feel like we haven't seen that in years, but I think that he should have, that was an opportunity. I think he should have tried to run the ball to get some of the clock out.
0: I got to address this really quick because a lot of people in the, of course, I knew I was going to say that, but this is, this is, this is the new day stuff that I'm talking about. As Bengals fans, we're trained not to value our players higher than others. I didn't say that we had the best offensive line, right? I feel mm-hmm. like we have the best wide receiver core, twenty-something years old, like our core, right? Mm-hmm. Immediately, people said the Buccaneers. We talking about a thirty-something-year-old AB and what Scotty Miller? Like they're mm-hmm. telling you and they're conditioning you to where are their first-round picks? Where are their second-round picks? Where is the you know what I'm saying? Right. Like what? Right. Like um, Evans just coming up a, a, in- a injury-plagued season.
1: Yeah. And, and then I think get, that's where people are getting it twisted. I think what you're saying is, yes, those guys are good in terms of effort, super good. Like I as those, a you're not in their prime. That's what you're saying, like right? AB, right. It would be like right, them right. who, AB who, who would you
0: would start a team, team with? with? Who would you start a team with right now? Would you go draft AB or Jamar Chase?
1: You would draft Jamar Chase because he's younger and right is, is closer to his peak who, than AB. Who, is who would more.
0: you who would you draft right now? Jamar Chase or uh Mike Evans? Uh Jamar Chase. I mean, who, who, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so so yeah. you would do that for Higgins. You would do that for right. Boyd, too. They're in the prime of their careers. Somebody yeah. said the Browns receivers are up there. Who do they have? Landry cannot see Boy. OBJ is coming off a torn ACL. So the same benefit of the doubt. That's what I get on here every week and say. It's like as Bengals fans, we're trained not to value our, play, our players as much as the other team. Every team in the National Football League would die for Jamar Chase, T Higgins and Boyd combo that doesn't even exist, bro. That's what I'm trying to tell y'all. Like, all these teams that they're naming, like the Cardinals, they they, they said, uh, Rondale Moore, who is a rookie, who is not mm-hmm. has not done what Jamar Chase has done, AJ Green, who y'all all counted out, and Christian Kirk, and, Deon- and and then a hurt DeAndre Hopkins. Like, Hopkins is is lit and, and dope, right? But put put these collectives. Versus twenty-one-year-old, twenty-four-year-old guys that are number ones for their team. The only, I think, think what you're saying is the only team now, the only team is the Cowboys and Steelers, bro.
1: That's not, yeah. And I think that that's what you're saying because Cardinals, they all have that in common, which is the the Steelers have three young guys, probably you know at most twenty-five. That's what Zim is saying. He's saying for guys that are in. You know, their prime are super young, not close to the age of 30. Right. Angels right. have three of those guys is what he's saying. And collectively, think, think, think only teams that. that have that are the Steelers, Deontay Johnson, Juju, as well as Claypool. And, Clay Clay. and Dallas, where they have Cooper. They've got Michael Lam- Gallup and C.D. Lam- Lamb. So that's what he's saying. But think about it.
0: When you talk about all them other teams like the Chiefs, you got to include their tight end to say that you want to compete with this. You see what I'm saying? Like there's a a whole lot of, oh, but yeah, but oh, yeah, can I include Kelsey? Or there's a whole lot of, okay, well, yeah, Cardinals. Yeah, but A.J. Green. But y'all just told me that A.J. Green was done last year. Now suddenly he goes Mm -hmm. to the Cardinals. He's better. Than, see, that's what I'm saying is Bengals fans. Like then they talk about the Titans or whatever. They have two wide receivers and they're always hurt. <laughs> and they're all, and one of them's really old now, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But people right. overvaluing it. I think that's a little off subject, but it was a lot nah, of comments. Man, on, it was a lot of comments on that. But I, as a collective, sure. The Chiefs with Kelsey, uh, Tyreek Hill, um, you know what I'm saying? Hardman right. and them guys like, yeah, dope. But as far as wide receiver trios, it ain't another in the league. young
1: receiver trio in the NFL right, right now. And,
0: and, and the, the only way I can fans. prove it to y'all is let them play because all right. three of them will get a thousand yards. And everybody that y'all just named, the people that just named that in the comments, none of them teams gonna have three of their wide receivers with a thousand yards or even close to it. I promise you, Scotty Miller is gonna have three hundred. Godwin's gonna have nine hundred, maybe a thousand. Chris, I mean uh, Evans is going. You know, I say Chris Evans. Evans, you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. as a collective, they might have more yards. But they're not gonna have a better wide receiver trio. That was my and opinion. they got
1: they got a ton of, of weapons that they can use over there. Um, you know, Tom Brady is it's a lot of targets to go around. They still got Gronk over there, they still have OJ Howard, they've got Geo as a third. So yeah, I get where Zim is coming from when it comes to that. But let's talk about the Bengals being two on one. Um, this was a huge win because as you all know, they were actually tied, they were actually first. If you went by the tiebreaker system going into this game, this adds another layer to it, right? So now they have the divisional record tiebreaker, and then they also have, as far as record against AFC, they're also winning in that because, as you know, the uh, the Baltimore Ravens lost to the Raiders. Didn't seem like it may have had huge ramifications, but that does because now their winning winning percentages at 50%. And then I believe it was the Browns lost to the Chiefs. That's the AFC. So even if we're tied with those guys, we still have two tiebreakers. So it's almost like we have a game and a half lead on those guys because of that. Now, obviously, we play the Jaguars next week. We would like to continue to keep that going. Uh, but that's just something Like right, right right to, to keep
0: it going we're gonna beat the doors off them boys on thursday night yes sir
1: that's how i'm feeling <laughs> that's how i'm feeling um so just so you guys know me and them will definitely be in the building uh next thursday night for the football game we're also going to be doing something with our sponsor midwest best barbecue so please be sure to check it out it's gonna happen wednesday night at seven o'clock at Midwest Best Barbecue, so please be sure to check the description. Me and Zen will be there. We're going to have some folks come through. Uh, we're going to have some guests, some special live things going on. It's going to be a live show, food, drinks, all kind of stuff. So definitely be sure to come in, holler at us. If you guys do want to see us in person and meet before the game, um, you could definitely do that. And then we'll also be at the game. Uh, working with the Bengals and Emily Parker, so we appreciate that. There also will be Commissioner Yaz, yes. Jake, and James Rapine will be there as well. Joe Goodberry. <laughs>
0: Jake and James Rapine right. yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> there. No, look, I look. I, Nate, A said it the political way. If y'all want to rock with us, and y'all and y'all really, really, really been. If y'all feel like we are important to the Bengals uh, quarter. I think it's really, really important that you guys come show out. I know a lot of other stuff is going to go on on Wednesday night. I'm sure I'm going right. to be blasting this all over my Twitter, Instagram and stuff. But on Wednesday, we are going to be at that Midwest barbecue. If you ever wanted to support us in any type of way, if you didn't ever send a super chat or anything like that, please come to Midwest, but barbecue It's about 15 minutes from the stadium. It's in Loveland um great people great food great drinks family friendly i'm gonna be on my best behavior i promise but i really (laughs) but i but i really really uh think you guys um should uh come out there and come hang with us we're gonna do a live show so every time that you guys have ever commented on there i'm gonna give people an opportunity to talk directly into the mic and you can look me right in my eyes and tell me about who you think is the best wide receiver core or whatever you want to talk about um
1: Right, facts. You, and we'll you, have all kinds of coupons and stuff like that too. Um, so come come and holla at us. We got the oranges and new black coupons. We might have potentially some shirts and some merch and, and do some giveaways or something like that. Um, so please be sure to check us out. But Zim, we gotta leave this and we gotta get out of here with a yes,
0: sersky
1: Hello world. What separated your deep ball from everybody else? My deep
0: ball, it has a little secret sauce to it, man. <laughs> I never get too high never get too low but just keep moving the, the whole story is Carlos never beat me in any kind of sports in high